is Robin Robinson, and welcome to another episode of Whiskey And. I am your host. I am also the author of The Complete Whiskey Course, a comprehensive tasting school in 10 lessons. And so that essentially means that, okay, Robin knows something about whiskey. And yeah, you're right. I know a little bit about whiskey. I wrote a book on it. But the idea of this podcast is really, it's not about going into the geeky details of whiskey and and reviews. And there are a lot of really wonderful podcasts out there that do that. And I think they're all terrific. I just just didn't want to be another one of those. What I think whiskey is, the, the best part of whiskey, is that it sort of is the background of our lives. It's what wine was in, in the 19, uh, 1980s. It became integrated. We learned all about it. And then we just started to drink it. And when we started to drink it, then we started to have all these conversations between people. And that's really what gave it impact and what gave it importance in our lives. And now we're in the 21st century and whiskey is now in in that place. It, it, it forms uh, the background so that we can open up and, and talk about things that we would talk about when we're actually having a couple of whiskeys at the end of the bar. And so with that, I'm very happy to uh, welcome my, my next guest and an old friend of mine, Dan Ekman. And Dan is in the whiskey business, which is awesome. Yeah. And of course, as everyone knows here, uh, you have to make a trek out to my house. <laughs> and I'm always thankful that, that people do that. And, it was a nice ride. And it was a good ride. It was a yeah. nice ride. Then uh, I want you to pick a whiskey from my shelves. And the search for the whiskey is part of the process. And then we're going to drink it. And then we're going to talk about a, a particular subject. And Dan's here to talk today about being a Republican, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is just fucking awesome. And just so, just so everyone knows, so I've already inaugurated the word fuck, so you, you're clear to actually kind of... Yeah, right? Excellent. You know, sometimes a guest does it. Sometimes I'll do it. Oh, you know? all right. Yeah. But this comes on the heels of the Democratic National Convention, the convention that they had. And, and quite honestly, uh, knowing Dan for such a long time, I never really thought about him being Republican or Democrat or independent or anything like that. Right. But it really wasn't until, I think, an Instagram post the other day or a couple of weeks ago. And he says, as a Republican, and I'm going, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's, he's a perfect guest. <laughs> you know? so, so, yeah. Hey, Dan, you want to come up and talk about being a Republican? <laughs> yeah, this is going to be really good professionally and personally, I think. For sure, I'm not going to piss anybody off today. Yeah, no, this is going to go really well. No one is. No. Well, first of all, before we get into that. Not, not just a Republican. I may never Trump Republican. Well, so, well, well, well we're going to sure, get both sides. Well, we're going to get in, we're going to get into that. So okay. that, but before we do that, um, why don't you give a little bit of introduction about who you are and what you do? Uh, sure. So, uh, I'm a native New Yorker. I've never lived, with the exception of two semesters in college, I've never lived more than about 45 minutes from where my house is right now. Born in Queens, I grew up on Long Island, the very shallowest part of Long Island, both geographically and socially. And then I moved to Manhattan when I was 21. I've been in Brooklyn now for 15 years, about. I got into the liquor business in 2007, real estate. I did theatrical lighting, but I missed luxury vice consumables. So <laughs> oh, wait a minute, LVC. C. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Oh, I yeah. didn't have, is that really an acronym? It should be. I've been saying it for a dozen years at least. So I, somebody's got to do something. We, you need more people to actually carry that. So I'm going to help. You. I will put the imprint on my business card. LVC. I got a job because I talked my way into it, and I didn't have any idea how to do oh, it. Oh well, then that's I the liquor know, business. I, exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> whiskeys so what and are you doing now? spirits so what are you doing now? uh right now i'm independent i'm doing some brokering for craft spirit brands cool. that want to grow in the new york market 
uh, everybody wins. They get to grow, and I get to feed my children. Good. Yeah. Good. This was interesting. So, I, like I said, you know, the process of finding the whiskey is actually part of uh, the mm. whole story here. But tell everybody what you picked and why. I picked the Compass Box Eleuthera, which I always loved um, when I'm it, currently out and when I walked so in where? here. And I was I like, mean, I where, know where, you've got some. As a matter of fact, I've got two bottles. One to actually to drink, mm-hmm. which is what we're drinking. And I've got one that's not going to be. Yeah, yeah, right. That's going to be like the, the sure. uh, you know, break in case of emergency. Right, right. Yeah, but right so, now I have none. Yeah, so Dan, yeah. you're a Republican. I've always been a Republican. You've been, always been a Republican. I was a founding member of my high school Republican club. That is wild. I wasn't so that was what? In the, to vote. In the 80s? Yeah, 90s? Mid 90s. 90s? 90s. Okay, right. So the 90s, where was Republicanism so in the 90s? Oh, well, you guys were actually out of power, right? Because that was the Clinton years. year. Yeah, that's right. Newt was in. So right. Newt King. Oh, man, right. were, you a, were you a Newt Gingrich guy? Everybody I was. was. Newt, I was a Newt Gingrich guy in the way that a high school person has politics. Yeah, sure. Which is to yeah. say, that I heard my parents say something yeah. and I felt like being difficult. Um, I really liked Gingrich in particular because— Were they Democrats? No, my parents were Republicans. Well, they were. Okay, so you my come from a Republican yeah. family. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay. My parents were both, my, my dad was, my mother continues to be. Um, but I really liked, when I was in high school, all the teenagers were like, ah, Newt Gingrich is the devil, because they heard their parents say it. And I'd say, okay, do me a favor. Tell me one thing Newt Gingrich has ever done. Not just something he did that was bad. Name one thing he's ever done professionally. And in, in three years of that question, I got zero answers, total. A total of zero, and nobody could ever tell me what he'd ever done. They just knew they hated his guts. Oh, what it, whatever he'd done bad that made him no the devil. at all. Name a thing he's done in his career other than be in office, and nobody could tell me anything about the guy. Oh, they just course. knew they hated him. Okay, so that's interesting. Right. So that brings up the whole idea of delegitimizing uh, a political opponent right. because you just don't like him. Okay, right. Got so it. they just didn't like him. But then okay. I caught very early into the indignation over the shenanigans of the Clinton administration. Right. And I, at the time, and today, I think it was the appropriate response um, to be unhappy about the way that the Oval Office was treated during that period of time. Um, and then as I got older... Oh, it's interesting you say that during that period of time, right? It's as not if like that it's was, better now. Yeah. But, we had, yeah. we, but after Clinton, we had a period of relative respectability. We had 16 years of two presidents who you might not like things they did politically, but personally, they right. were well-behaved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like post-Nixon as well. Everybody you know, right. was on their best behavior. Right, yeah. right. But so... Um, so Who was, I, I believe, a Republican. <laughs> I read that somewhere. I just thought I'd throw it. I read that somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Republic, Republican who founded the EPA. Interestingly, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important, I think, to establish a baseline here in the conversation of personal politics that the two-party system is fundamentally stupid. Well, but, but it's meant to be. It's meant to be. It's, it's, and that's where, this is where people, I think, and, and then they throw their hands up and they get all cynical and say it's all fucked up. But, it, but it's meant to be because democracy is like sausage, right? Right. You don't want to see how it's made. You know, just enjoy the end result. But that's not the problem. The problem is in order to be a good Republican, and I'm not one. I'm a highly mediocre Republican. But in order to be a good Republican, <laughs> that's great. It's true. In order to be a good Republican, you have to accept all parts of the platform. Right. Exactly. Which means yeah. you have to agree with fifteen things that have nothing to do with one another, and there's no reason to believe that you should support one and not the other. But there's also no reason to think that you can't support one and think the other one is fundamentally stupid. What does abortion have to do with guns? Nothing. Nothing. Right. But in order to be a good Republican, theoretically, you, you have, have to, to be against one and for the other. Right, right. 
So, so is well. Let me ask you a question because this is really a, a critical part, especially here we are in sure. 2020. Is a Republican the same as the GOP? No. Okay. And so, please, as a Republican, draw that distinction for me. Well, for me. Okay, and, and of me, course, yeah, because you're not speak speaking for, for yeah. You can only speak for speaking yourself. for yeah. myself. Saying I'm a Republican means that the not the last. 12, not the last 10 to 12 years, mm-hmm. before 12 years ago, when I actually registered and was supporting the party actively, before mm-hmm. everybody lost their fucking minds. Um, I was a Republican because the portion of the party platform that I agreed with was greater than the portion of the party platform that I disagreed with. Okay. And when you talk about That's big fair. tent politics, yeah. the idea is, well, we got to scoop everybody up onto one side or the other side because we've created a two-party system. If we're going to have that sort of a system, you have to say, okay, we're going to work together. And I remember when I was in college, a friend of mine, very politically active at the time, more politically active than I. I mean, I was a little, but he was like working on campaigns. And he attended both the RNC and the DNC in 96 Okay, as a high school kid. He was yeah. a high school senior, but he was interested so with campaigns. He was politically yeah. He was very uh, politically aware. active. Yeah, right. He, when she, for Schumer's inaugural campaign, they hosted a fundraiser at this guy's house. Oh, wow. And he yeah. said, having viewed both campaigns, the big difference between the Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention was they're both four days of people screaming at each other because they only care about one thing and the other person can't agree with that thing and there's no actual agreement. It's a mud fight for four days. You're talking about within each of the Within camps. each of the two okay. actual conventions. Okay, right. Within the yeah. RNC, right. it's four days of screaming. Within right. the DNC, it's four days of screaming. Right. But the difference was right. day five. On day five, oh. Oh, I know exactly the RNC, everybody yeah. said, all right, hang on. Yeah. I still think you're an asshole, but we can't go home until we have a guy yeah. And they sat down and they calmed down and everybody put their heads together and said, okay, we're the adults. We're going to put our heads together. And we're going to get this done. And by the end of the day, everybody was at least on the same page. The DNC, day five was the same as days one through four. And at the end of it, everybody went home pissed off. <laughs> That's actually a, a, a great right. wrap up. That's so, absolutely. That's absolutely right. and that because was, one of the things that you have to admire about Republicans is they were always disciplined on message right when they left day five they knew what the talking points were they knew what the walking orders were they knew what all of that stuff and you're right the democrats were still arguing with each other and 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 holding resentment because if you're looking at the major difference if you want to really be broad strokes and obnoxious about it oh let's let's go there not today but historically (laughs) the 30 years before 2008 when america elected a black man and the republicans went insane yeah the 30 years before 2008, the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, yeah. if you want to be crepit at both of them, was the Democrats were the naive ones and the Republicans were the mean ones. We were the realistic ones who didn't care who was being hurt, and the Democrats were the idealistic ones who didn't care whether or not things worked as long as you weren't intentionally hurting someone. All right, let me uh, let me just kind of put a finer point on yeah. that. I actually think that started with Reaganism. Sure. So Ronald Reagan was the one, uh, to me, yeah. who is the, the evil persona of the Republican Party. He's the, To me, he's the guy that killed the Republican Party uh, between, and I'll tell you why, because I remember the politics before that, and... Yeah. 
that's who it is that you're actually conjuring. It was there was very very slight differences. What they were, they were there there were differences. The lines were not drawn ideologically as heavy in such bold ink as they were, and there was an right. enormous amount. And this is why, for example, this is why you had Dixiecrats. Sure. Well, this no, is why you had. We're going back to Sherman. Well, but again, yeah, you got but, Strong Thurmond. Strong Thurmond was a Democrat because he promised his grandmother on her deathbed that he'd never be a Republican. Right. Well, but again, right. But you know, yeah, a lot of that changed in the early part of the 20th century. But the the Southern segregationists belonged to the Democratic Party, and right. the Democratic Party was a big enough tent that was they were able to deal with them. I mean, this is the whole thing where. Joe Biden gets uh, enormous, uh, a little bit of of, uh, of flack from the left mm -hmm. by shaking hands with segregationists. But back then, when he had started, they were all of the same thing, and they knew how to. If, but and then it was the the, re, the Nixon's re, um, Southern strategy that uh, that uh, and then Johnson actually it was actually Johnson Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill, and they all said fuck this, we're going to the Republican Party. If there's any one thing that I think perfectly encapsulates what I view as the stupidity of modern liberalism. It's the complete lack of ability to acknowledge context. Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait. So and let's define so liberalism here. The only reason here. I'm saying wait, that wait, is because we're, we're, I just, what you're talking about, yeah. nothing you just said is untrue, yeah. but I think you have to go backwards a little bit and say that when Reagan was doing his Reagan thing, mm -hmm. for better or for ill, for mm -hmm. sure, there you could have a whole series of conversations about that. Yeah. It was the the peak before the crash of the Cold War. And there was something very natural about American politics being very binary. Oh, because of the Cold the War. the world was oh, very binary. Because it was of the Cold easy, War. It was easy in the 80s yeah. because literally the entire planet was lined up on two sides. Yeah, exactly. And if you wanted somebody to be the happy warrior to lead the forces of freedom against the communist regime, Reagan was perfect for the job. I don't think he was a genius, and I don't think he was a perfect person, but I think if you needed somebody who was, who had an unparalleled ability to stand up there and look like the leader of the free world. Well, he was a fucking was, actor. Do you, yeah, know what, do you know what Harry Warner said when they heard that Ronald Reagan was running uh, for president? This is the first I've, time he read. I've heard this, but I don't remember. Right. And Harry Warner says, no, 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 you got it all wrong. Ronald Reagan for best friend, right? Yeah. Jimmy Stewart for president, yeah. right? So, but yeah, that was it. I mean, he looked the part. He looked the part. Uh, he sounded the part. He was, quote unquote, the great communicator right. because he was able to deliver lines naturally. Right. He had great, he, he had a great right. backstaff. The, the thing that Reagan had going for him was Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah. Carter, right? Carter was a good thing that happens to the Republican Party. He and, was, uh, yeah. And I, mean, I got Carter, it, I, I'm going to be really honest with you yeah. here. I think Biden's going to be the next one. Next I think what? Biden's going to win. And I think he's going to be the next Jimmy Carter. And what I'm hoping oh, for, absolutely as, a, as a Republican, oh, I'm no. very much hoping yeah. that he gives us a chance to get rid of the lunatics that are currently running the asylum, recalibrate things a bit. Where? Within the Republican Party. Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you're right. Um, and, no, and, oh, oh, no, no, no. You cannot put Jimmy Carter and Joe Biden in the same category. Why not? Oh, it's, 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 oh, I'll draw a couple. First of all, Jimmy Carter had no 
legislative experience. Correct. He came as being a peanut farmer to yep. a populist governor yep. of, a, of a southern state yep. running on, and this is why I, my very, very first vote I ever cast as an adult mm-hmm. was against Jimmy Carter. I just want you to know that. Okay. okay. Because this was a guy who put his evangelical religion up front, and he said, I want to be America's pastor. And as a young man, I said, I don't want somebody in the presidential office being a fucking my pastor. No, no I'll go to church that. for that right. if I need that, right? So right there. Because it went there, so well when Cardinal Richelieu ran France. What? Well, of course, that was different. Yeah, but of course, he actually <laughs> made the mail run on time, too, so I just wanted to know that. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, timely. Oh, boom, boom. Oh. I just thrown that all over the place. All right. Um, so Carter was the wrong guy at the wrong time. And that's why I voted for Jerry Ford. Jerry Ford, to me, was the right guy at the right time. He did two things. First of all, he had this wonderful legislative career. He understood how Washington worked, right? Number two, he did a smart thing that all of the other hippies in my uh, congregation um, uh, derided me for. He pardoned Nixon, Mm -hmm. which was the smartest thing that he could have ever have done. Sure. Had he not, we would still be legislating the Nixon era. We got rid of him. He ended up on David Frost. Right. He put it to bed. He put it to bed. And that was the thing to do. And that was the thing to do. No, no. Smart guy. Yeah, smart guy. And the last. And it was a decent guy. The last active Freemason to hold the presidency. Ah, okay. We're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, because so, uh, if you haven't figured it out, Dan is a Freemason. Okay, so we'll talk about that. Not the last Freemason to hold the presidency, but the last active one. The last active, last active one. Okay, so so Jimmy Carter, uh, so Jerry Ford does that. He loses because Jimmy Carter came in with this false sense of I'm going to save us all from the Nixon regime, and right. he's just a, and uh, and it was a failure, and right. he was a failure for a couple reasons, not because of him the man. It was because of him as the person who is a in charge of the party and b in charge of the legis- uh, of the executive uh, experience. He was a terrible executive. Mm-hmm. He was a terrible chief executive. As a man, he did his greatest work post presidency. Sure, it, it, you can't you can't touch. He's still Jimmy. out there. Yeah, you can't touch him from the humanitarian perspective, Super but from a guy. from a CEO perspective, disaster. from a leader of the party, absolute disaster, disaster, right? So, of course, you know when Ronald Reagan says, you know, are you better off now uh, than you were four years ago? Uh, the answer was it was a brilliant question, you know, and it was a, it was a brilliant campaign he ran. What Reagan did, I think, and this is really where I got the, the uh, this is where I have the issue with Republicans. Hmm is what Reagan did is he broke open two things. He parlayed Nixon's racist Southern strategy into a true White House commandeering. Yeah. And, and he woke up the white Christian evangelicals yeah. and, made them a, um, uh, and made them a political force. And the two of that yeah, together, That hasn't been good for anybody. That neither of them. Has of, been has of, of has the been parts good for of anyone. republicanism that I don't yeah. find attractive, the 
the racist part and the evangelical part are pretty much number one and two. Well, as they should be. So right. this is, here's my question. Why what do the I fuck like? are you still a Republican? Why don't you just start like the Whigs or something like I that? I would very much like. There's a part of me, honestly. Because to me, I think the Republican brand you ever is sta- dead. You ever stand in the shower and think of what you would do if you won the lotto or the Powerball oh, or whatever yeah, it is that you, know, you come up with $100 yeah. million? Dollars? Why do you think I started this one, podcast? I, I, <laughs> I want to come up with a political party for moderates. Yes. Because y'all both suck. The oh. extremes on both sides oh. are stupid and terrible. Oh, of course they are. But They're right idiots. now, there's yeah. no room for moderate voices. You know which election I loved? Hmm. I loved the election in 2000. When it was Bush-Gore, they were fighting so hard to be viewed as the most moderate person who'd ever yeah. breathed air. Yeah, that was the best election we ever had. All they did was try to look like a rational grown-up. Yeah, God, that was amazing. Yeah, that but was you amazing. Want to, but here's why the, can't we have that again? But here's the and here's the fucking thing. And but and Bush and was that why. until the towers came down. Until the, and towers then the came world down. changed. Yeah, the world the changed. The world yeah. changed around him, and he wasn't ready for it, and it he never bounced back. He right. had. I voted for him twice. I voted for him both times. Yeah. I think he had a solid eight years, but for sure, he never had the presidency he wanted to have. Well, no, because and he, he got to. us into a fucking war that we weren't supposed okay. to be in. Hang on. What he. What? He responded. No, badly. no, he reacted. He, if he had responded, he would have followed everybody else's advice and not gone in there. Well, if he he reacted. Okay. Now here's where here's where it gets a little tricky the, for that's me. That's where the knee jerk. Because I don't think we needed an excuse to go in and topple the Hussein government. I don't think we should have needed one. I think it was a it was a moral imperative. The fact that we did it for stupid reasons is stupid, but for sure somebody should have done it. Why? He was but it, actively. It's a, it's a sovereign country. You don't get to be a sovereign country when you're actively murdering hundreds of thousands of your people every year. Wait, but yet wait, but hold on. I don't but care. The whole idea of sovereignty is that. You can do that because because if you're going to do that, then you can't. If if you're going to say that, then you can't uh, uh, diss uh, Clinton on Rwanda and and that problem. I don't think I ever did. Okay, well, I mean, but but, but I'm just Clinton have, for a hundred things, not Rwanda. No, but but I'm talking about Republicans. Have. No, I'm yeah. very much yeah. okay. The the old because they joke, were both moral. They both had a moral. The, the old Beltway joke: Republicans want an enormous army that doesn't go anywhere, and Democrats want a tiny army that goes everywhere. You ever oh, heard that one? A, no, that's a Democrats that's want a cool Democrats joke. want yeah. the world's smallest army and they want to fix everybody's problems. Right. Republicans yeah. want the world's biggest army and they don't ever want it to leave our country. Yeah. I want the biggest army that then goes everywhere. That would be honestly for yeah. me I I do view Well, that is that that is the world's policeman then. And I'm fully comfortable with that because okay. nobody okay. else is doing the job. Right. But okay, well, okay, well then that brings up a really good point, and this is really where I'm not I, an isolationist Republican. Okay, well that's interesting, but that's only Rand Paul, right? You know, uh, and and he's a fucking and fuck that guy. Yeah. Oh my god, fuck just, that guy. And just fuck oh that guy. Oh my god, fuck and that's that guy. A, on both sides of the aisle, and just fuck oh that guy. Oh my god. Oh my god, fuck that guy. Rand Paul, if you're listening, please, I, I hope please you're not listening. listening, and fuck you, Rand Paul. <laughs> Um, oh my God! Fuck that guy. Yeah. So anyway, um, him and his father. Oh my God! Can't you know, we just put them on an ice floor. Do you realize who he's named after? Yeah, I do. And she's a good writer. Oh, she's a good writer. I despise her. You can despise her, but she's a good. Oh writer. no! Oh, she's a good writer because I despise and, her because she's such a good writer. Well, because she's, she's a great writer. Because now, I, I personally, as a fan of hers, 
I'm aggravated by the fact that the Fountainhead is essentially just a writing exercise for Atlas Shrugged. I'm yep. like, I don't need to read two 700-page books that are the same book. But, I don't need to do that. But Why? actually, you're you're reading the wrong books of hers. Oh, you're talking about Anthem? No, Which I'm is talking... Good. No, and they're, no. Oh, no. the Objectivist's Guide to the Universe or whatever? No, I'm talking about... Um, oh, fuck, I just had it. Now you just confused me. Ha um, ha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> I just had it, and you if you hadn't said that, I would have. But it's over there on the shelves. What? It's I know. <laughs> yeah. It's over there on the shelves. Oh, okay. um, oh, the virtue of selfishness. You see, that's the book no one's ever heard of. I and read the that. Bir- okay. I read that. Okay, the virtue of selfishness lays out yes. objectivism, and, you know, and it lays out the philosophical underpinning. Objectivism to it. is a deeply incomplete philosophy but one that's very valuable if you view it for what it is it's part okay well of that thought. was solipsistic what the hell did that mean? no <laughs> objectivism is like okay as a as a republican yeah i'm a dyed liberal capitalist i'm a big fan of capitalism mm-hmm. but you have to understand that the invisible hand only regulates matters that are actually economic you can't apply capitalism to things that don't have to do with money objectivism you can't apply objectivism to things that don't have to do with personal enterprise it doesn't apply to overall morality it has to do with the way a person interacts with the universe and the fact that there are many extents to which it's bad for the government to get in the way of a person who's just trying to be the thing that they want to become. There's an extent to which it's stupid for the government to say, we need to interfere in your private endeavor because the existence of your private endeavor devalues us as the government. That's wildly stupid. And that's most of what her books actually say. Yeah, okay, that's an interpretation. Um, it's but what I, I got I, from reading it. Yeah, so okay. it is my interpretation. Yeah. Well, that's but, what I said. It's an interpretation. Right. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I, I would counter that with me. saying this, is that to to because we're human and because we're mortal and because we all um, operate from essentially still lizard minds, right? You can't extricate the the moral part. You totally can. You totally can as long as you... How can you do that? You you, you you can't do that at all. And and that's the bad news of Republicanism. That's why we're here where we're at right now. That's what spawned John O'Donnell Trump. Okay, hang on. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I just wow. threw the gauntlet down. You didn't throw the gauntlet down. You threw 16 things in a blender, threw them up, and said, hey, look at what I got. Well, that's a gauntlet. It's, no, it's not a gauntlet. It's a fucking, it's a smoothie. But, um, no. First yes, of all, is. when we're talking about the I'll, idea I'll pick, of how... I'll pick each one of these apart and Let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. Right. When we talk about we when you hour? started with... You can't apply... You can't do that. I think you started with something like you can't do that. We were talking about it, and I was saying apply things to the things that they apply to and not to things they don't apply to? Okay, well, here's the thing. Wait, you hold started on. talking wait, wait, about wait, 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 humans wait. and some okay, kind of bullshit. Okay, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's actually, because what we're going to do is, I, I can see is what was going on right now. Uh-huh. We're going to actually go into, we're going to jump into a uh, um, uh, into a rabbit hole of philosophical, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, no, we don't have time for that. Yeah, we don't, yeah, because that's... That's eight hours. That's, well, that's an eight hour... I've spent that eight hours. <laughs> we need another bottle of right. Lutheran. <laughs> yeah, right. And for me to not have yeah. anything to do. Yeah. Um, no, we actually have to kind of bring it back up to like the whole idea of where right. Republican Party is right now. Now, and and and, and, and 
The inmates so, but, are running the asylum is but, where the Republican Party is right now. So why is it different? Why is the Republican Party different from the GOP then? That, this is a, you a didn't critical, ask that. I did. You asked whether asked a, no. You asked, is a Republican different from the GOP? Okay, okay. You're splitting hairs. No, but, I'm not. Because what I, what I took that to mean is, how does the individual Republican differ from the national platform? But uh, I, what I'm asking to do is differentiate being a Republican and being a member of the GOP. Now, however you want to well, slice and dice that, you know, if you want now. to take it. I mean, GOP is a nickname. That, that's a weird semantic argument. What are you acting? No, it's stop. not a GOP. Ask no, the it's question not. without no, using GOP the term GOP. Is an, is, an, is a political force. Republicanism is the philosophy that's underneath it. I want you to differentiate oh. that for All right. Me. I'm not sure I agree with your verbiage, but I'll, I'll run with it. Yeah. Um, so you're saying the political force versus the real politic. Yeah. What's actually going on today. Yeah. Oh, sure. That's easy. Okay. So what's going on today? I'm is, here to throw you softballs, Dan. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> what's going on today is you have a party that has built an entire platform around this sort of alienation of the generation that came after the baby boomers. And the fact that Gen the X? baby boomers are entering into an age where people are all right, the most wait, afraid they ever wait. are in the course of their lives. I, that, that made no sense. Go I know, because I, 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 <laughs> I haven't had a chance to explain well, it. Well, no, I know, but the premise made no sense. I don't oh. understand what you're okay, the premise, the premise of the is, is yeah. we're living in a world that changed in a world very rapidly in the last 20 years okay. in more than one way. Okay. You've got a generation of people, not my generation, not the Gen Xers, the ones just above us. Okay. So that's the boomers. Um, what's that? That's the boomers. Uh, yeah, the boomers, but like the younger edge of the boomers and the older edge of the Gen Xers. Basically, well, was, everybody. Yeah. I grew up in. Uh, I went to school looking at different maps than there are today, but when I was in elementary school, communism sort of breathed its last gasp. I was in sixth grade when the Berlin Wall came down. See those three right up there? Yeah. So I'm pointing right. the three uh, globes that I have here. These are all Soviet right. era globes. Right. But yeah. people who were teenagers in the 80s and people who were in their 20s in the 80s yeah. lived their real formative adult years at the end of the Cold War. Right. The world was very easy to understand. Right. And then we had the 90s and things got very quiet. And then the towers came down. The world changed in a way that it was never going to go back. And for a while... We had a very clear understanding of the enemy because Al-Qaeda was out there. Bin Laden was, and was alive. was that important? Yes. It's important to have the critical. enemy? Critical for humans you think? as a species you think. to know who the bad guy is. You think? Yes. That's, that's, okay, so that's... I do because okay. we're two things. So, okay, we're so, two so, instinctive we're, things. I think, I think we're getting at the, the heart of republicanism yeah, right we're here. we're social carnivores. Okay. What's that mean? We eat it, it people? Means, no. <laughs> No, it means it, it, it means that we survive by consuming other things, but we survive by virtue of society rather than individual strength. And two— Oh, that's interesting because that's counter to the Republican uh, thing that's being no, put no, out no, there. No, 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 no. It's not. Listen. Or the two, perversion of Republican. Two, the, sec the second thing that humans are is we're instinctively tribal. Uh, we're instinctively no tribal. There. No disagreement So now yeah. the world, the Republicans and the Democrats both— we're used to having an obvious bad guy. 
it was the communists and then it was nobody but it was okay because things were sort of coalescing post-communism it was glasnost perestroika and then we had iraq afghanistan we had al-qaeda we had isis we knew who the bad guy was everybody could sort of be on the same page about who the bad guy was but now the country was sort of you know in the halfway through the obama so what administration you're saying, that stopped being the case so what you're saying so it, let me just speculate here so what you're saying is that we are fated or doomed to always be in a to live in a world of conflict i don't think it's fate or doom i think it's just the nature of organic life on this earth you think because when, things, because because when you look when you look at and you can go back and we yeah. you can go back and, and, and do the research on your own but i'll prove it to you when you look at the arc of time the mm -hmm. arc of time let's say since the the middle ages this is the most peaceful time that has ever been on the planet. For sure. Okay. And that's so, messing with us. But what? That's it's what? It's messing with us. Well, it's, but that's it's interesting. It's really messing okay, with well, us. Okay, well, wait a minute. Because humans wait. have lost an understanding of mortality. We're living too long and too confidently, okay. and everything confuses and, and frightens us. Okay. Used to be. Wow. Okay. You know, well, used to be wait, even wait, in wait, the 19th wait, century, you had seven kids. There's two of them died before there. they were 18. There's something in there, I think, that we can probably find some common ground on, but, uh, but in the middle of that. But... I just want to address that the whole idea is that if you look at the arc of time, yeah, we've actually become more and more peaceful. Yes, for sure. Right? For sure. But what you're saying is that in order for the species to continue, we have to be in perpetual conflict. No, that's and not that, what I'm saying. That's well, what that's I'm how saying. I interpret it. But so, you interpret so it incorrectly. So clear it up. I'm not saying we have to be in conflict for the species to progress. Well, you have to have an enemy. No. You just said it. I'm saying... It has you nothing to do it. with it has nothing to do with the species progressing. It has to do with people feeling like they understand their place in the world. And you can't do that without having an enemy? I have not seen any evidence of it. <sighs> Can you think of a time when there has actually been peace across the world for more than a handful of years? Well, but no. It's just not in but, the way it's but, not but, the way people work. But no, but you're you're dismissing the original premise no, of this no. argument. By saying that the actual arc of time has shown that it is more peaceful no, no, no. than it was, let's say, 300 years ago. Well, hang on. But if you look at no, 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 oh, well, more peace. No, more peaceful, more peaceful in the overall. But what that means is, if you look at now compared to then, the bursts of violence that happen are so many orders of magnitude larger than they used to be. Because we have a bomb. Because we don't have that, we don't have that sense of mortality. People don't live thinking they're going to die, and because of that, they're not really sure how to go about living. You've got people who freak out when they get sick because you didn't grow up in a time when you had seven sisters and brothers, and three of them died before they were old enough to vote. It used to be people understood mortality. Now we live in a time when no one understands mortality, so people kill each other in video games. Instead of in real life. Well, and no, they kill of, each other in real life. Yeah, but not yeah. like they used to, as but you they said. They are now in actually random individual bursts of violence. Because oh, so there's people a reason have for become that. detached from our genetic heritage as social predators. I'm having a hard time putting this argument because together. You, because I started in one place, and you've stepped it back three <laughs> times. Right. And I feel like you're asking me to start with the Big Bang. 
No, no, not at all. Okay. No, well, no, so, no, all right. No. So, the like question, I said, I don't want to get. What's the state far. of the Republican but, Party right now? Yeah. The long and the short of it is I was trying to get somewhere and you took me off on a tangent. Oh, long, that's my fault now. Yes. I think that much is obvious. <laughs> the long and the short of it is Republican voters yeah. were in a position where they were vulnerable to a con man. Because. Who are we talking about? Trump. Oh. Okay, we're, I didn't they, know we were at Trump. They were in okay. a position where they were vulnerable to a con man because... Because they had set themselves up for it. No. Yes, well, they did. No. Wait. Okay, wait. defend your position. I'm trying to, but you keep interrupting. <laughs> I know, of course, that's my job. What kind of interview job. is this? That's, it's not an interview. Listen. This is an interview. This is two guys sitting at the end of a bar All drinking right. fucking whiskey. If you thought this was an interview, you uh, came to the wrong... Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't uh, pound on the I'm table. Told, you I'm told me that's, that's why I'm doing it. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Listen, because you have a situation where technology has advanced to the point where there's very little reason for the middle class to exist, people don't know how to live their lives anymore. There's no possible reason for manufacturing. 90% of the manufacturing jobs that have ever existed, there's no possible reason for them to be done by a human except for the fact that we need people to be able to work. Okay, wait a minute. So you're, I just want to make sure I understand. You're linking the existence of manufacturing with the existence of the middle class. Yeah. Okay, all right. I just, yeah. I just want to the make sure... Class, that, the middle class, okay. the idea of the middle class is a thoroughly modern contrivance. It's only okay. existed for a couple hundred years true. and it's done. That's very true. It's done. We're not at the Star Trek place yet where there's no economy of scarcity and people can just do whatever the hell they want because they press a button and food comes out and everybody has a place to live. We're not there. But we're also not in a place where there's virtue in a man building a carburetor. And people don't know how to live their lives because there's nobody telling them how to do it and there's no obvious game plan anymore. The baby boomers knew what to do. Get this job, work there for 40 years, get a pension, and go to Key West four times a year. They knew how to do that. It's like the song Allentown, right. Billy Joel. Sure. You know, our, our parents fought in the Second World War, vacation right. on the Jersey Shore. Nobody knows how to live anymore. Right. And that makes them enormously vulnerable well, to con men then like no Donald one knows, Trump. No one knows how to live that life anymore. And that becomes part of the problem. They don't because have another option. Get... What option has been presented to them? Well, well hold on. They have this American dream, which was presented to them in story dude, and song, dude, and dude, it's not there you're anymore. You're talking to a fucking guy who grew up in those mills. Right. Okay, so I know what that is all about. Right. I live that thing. Okay? So then what's your but argument? But I will tell you, what's my what? Argument. Well, the argument is this. There was a failure in, you can call it imagination. There was a failure in somebody exploited fear. Come on, every politician has ever been born exploited fear. It's their job to exploit fear. Someone Everybody's exploit- afraid of something and politicians exploit it. You see, it, and, and, and there you go. And, and I think that's actually a critical difference here. And you, you, I think Republicans like to castigate this as naivete. We do like to do that. You do, we yeah. Do. And, but that's what makes Republicans so hateful. Yeah, we're hateful. <laughs> Now you're doing this as if you he, he's he, he actually literally grew uh, he actually literally <laughs> grew, an evil mustache. He grew an evil mustache and he twisted it. When as I he was said in that. college, my computer had a bumper sticker on it that said a liberal is a person whose mind is so open that his brain fell out. 
Yeah. That's okay. what, but that was yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Was you were the naive ones and we were the mean ones. Yeah, but and but, I was comfortable you're, you're, with but, that. But, but you're, yeah, but I mean, you're falling into stereotype. Yes. Uh, which is what the Republicans like. It's to what do. political parties are. Political parties are okay, stereotypes. There you go. So now you're actually answering my question about the GOP. That's what the GOP does. But it's what the Democrats do also. Uh, you do it on the op- You do it from the opposite direction. No, the Je- no, you do it from the opposite no, direction. Said, no, yeah, I'll tell you why. Because the Democrats and I, you're, you're talking to somebody who's an independent. But you're, but the Democrats are too fucking disorganized to do that. Mm. They are stupid. They no, no, they are they're stupid. not stupid. No, they're they're not stupid. stupid. They're disorganized, and because they're, they're trying to make the tent so fucking big yeah. and make everybody happy that nobody's happy. Well, the rule is when you go into the Republican tent, the rule is you can bring your bullshit in, but you have to live with the bullshit you find when you get there. Yeah, the Democrat tent yeah. doesn't have that sign. It just says everybody's welcome, and then people show up with their bullshit, and they find that it's packed to the gills with other people's bullshit, and nobody's bullshit works well, together. I agree. You know, as a matter of whoever fact, it, came up with the idea of intersectional politics should be drawn, quartered, and set afire. So define that intersectional. I'm not even 100 percent that I can. I'm not even 100 percent anybody use the word. can. Then you can't. But use everybody, the word. You can't right, define okay, it. define okay. the word. The word is the intersectional politics, as I understand it, is it's rooted in this concept of. No one is free until everyone is free, which is nice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is well, it's, your yeah, politics it's, yeah, are yeah. only okay if it doesn't infringe on someone else. Hmm. So you've got – this is where you see things like um, – Black well, this light. is kind well, of like okay. where cancel Let's, culture comes in, I think. And I hate yeah, it. Right, and yeah. I hate that, I as hate you probably too. guessed. Yeah. But, yeah. for example, um, this was the big issue with the Women's March. Speaking as a Jew, we are typically left out of intersectional politics because we are a persecuted minority who has done too well and nobody wants to help us anymore. We have been too successful. That's <laughs> that it. Was, no, that was the, actually the best articulation of that I've That's ever heard. That's completely true. Yeah. We got here. <laughs> right. We were treated like crap. My yeah. great-grandparents, they couldn't yeah. find a job. They didn't right. speak the language. Yeah. They were living in hovels. But they busted their asses and made sure all of their children became doctors and lawyers. And so now, four generations later, most Jews are doing quite well for ourselves. So no one feels like they need to feel bad for us anymore, even though it's been less than 100 years since most of my cousins were systematically murdered. Right. We get left out of intersectional politics because we're not viewed as victims. Intersectional politics is... Oh, that's interesting. Intersectional politics is... So when wait, you say so this, you can't is, a, be, is this, this is, a Jewish Republican kind of perspective? That's, I, I, well, as, as I, I, this is the perspective Because I think I've I have got, a, but, a liberal Jew that but would for disagree example, with that. For example, and yeah, liberal Jews love them. But for example, <laughs> uh, I married one. For example... Um, oh, that's I've right. Seen, I've did. seen a lot of signs. I've seen a lot of signs at rallies that say... There's no such thing as a Zionist feminist because they see Zionism as anti-feminist because Zionism is viewed as intrinsically anti all Palestinians, 51% of whom are female. Therefore, you're against women by being one. That is so fucking stupid. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. But it's at the heart of modern liberalism is this idea that in order for your beliefs to be okay, they have to mesh with everybody's beliefs you can't be against somebody if that person is already liberal you can't come in without accepting everybody's bullshit yeah this is sort of like the and bernie that's this so, is the that's, bernie that's why i, I will yeah. i will set myself on yeah. fire before i register as a democrat in this country yeah. this is the bernie aoc yeah. um uh biden and honestly the republican and, and, party and, right and, now and, and, and it's the, literally the thing that and, and you're right this is the thing that undermines the democrats all the time i i i couldn't be in more agreement 
uh, but not as vehemently as ah, you. Well, yeah. that's all right. But yeah, but but you're Give a Republican. Time. Give it time. <laughs> you're a Republican. Give it time. You're getting older. Uh, no, no, uh, no, no. Believe me, I, no, I think I I'm actually getting. I know. I'm, I'm getting crazy. What is it? They, they used to say if you're not a if you're a Republican when you're young, you have no heart, and if you're a Democrat when you're old, you have, you no, have brain. no head. That For was, sure, right now yeah, we have right. gone from being the mean party to being the mean stupid party. We are mean and stupid right now, and it's bad mix. It's yeah, it's bad. But, bad what, but here's the thing, Dan. The reason that you're a mean and stupid party right now is because you guys have actually worked to get here. Donald Trump is the inevitable resolution of the Republican Party for the past 25 years. No. And the Republicans don't want to own that. They don't. I will tell you about this. I own this. it. Every day. Every day. Well, I own it that. doesn't sound like you want to. And here's the thing. I don't last want to. year, I'm. <laughs> what? I don't want to. Well, you don't want I mean, to, I'm but you have blind. to. Yeah. But last I'm a year. I'm the little capitalist uh, who thinks we need, uh, we, we need single payer health care. There's nothing wrong to, with, there's nothing wrong with capitalism. But you're talking about uh, Roger Smith, I mean, uh, Smith's, uh, Adam Smith's capitalism. Versus the other kind of capitalism Keynesian. that actually has a, a a partner in the government, a partner, not an overseer, but a partner in the government in order to actually heal the excesses of capitalism that Smith warned about. Well, yes, hang on, it hang is. on, hang on. Yeah. Yes and no. I think that un, I, I think that the government doesn't need to regulate business, but they do need to regulate the world that the business it's is operating in. I wouldn't even use the word regulation. I will. No, I will. Yeah. Okay. I will. Well, because I think, a Republican. I, no, because, I, because I'm a human who breathes air. <laughs> no, and no. I, no. Republicans are anti-regulation. No, no, no. yes, you love the word regulation. But no, yeah. I, as a human who breathes air, I don't believe that somebody should have the independent authority to ruin the air for everybody. I just don't think you should be allowed to do that. You shouldn't right. be allowed to poison the water other people drink. Right. Because that's shitty. Yeah. But, um, you know, just to go back to the example, since we were talking about, you know, things can be one thing and not the other. Or, you know what? We don't have a lot of time. Go back to what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> You're pulling for episode two, aren't you? I know exactly. It was a nice Actually, train ride. Yeah, it was, right. it was a nice train ride. It was a nice train ride. Yeah, it yeah. was so surprising, right? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was very yeah, pleasant. Yeah, very yeah, pleasant. Right? But no, that wasn't the goal. The goal was that I realized that I had started something that was going to take an hour. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, that's what most of this shit does. Um, and, and that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point. Um, but let's go back to, um, okay, so you've got these divisions here between the today's Republicans, today's Democrats. Louis Black, I think, maybe said it better than— I like than, him. He's very funny. Oh, he's great. Yeah, and he's very insightful. He you is. Know. How is he still alive? You'd think that guy would have four strokes a day. I know, because he's yeah. always perpetually— oh, guys uh, right, are, you know, yeah, guys he's, always at a time. He's perpetually apoplectic. Yeah. Yeah, he's the word that you can use apoplectic mm. for. Um, but he said, Did you like, see his episodes of Comedians in Cars Drinking Coffee? Oh, of course. Okay, oh, my good. God. They're right. fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, but he said uh, the Republicans are a party of uh, bad ideas, and the Democrats are a, Republic, are a party of no ideas. Yeah, that's right? about right. Yeah, and that's about right. And here was another one. And you know who David Mamet is? Yes. Well, I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, a lot of people yes, don't I know. know who David Mamet is. So David Mamet, uh, you know, a great American playwright um, that wrote, um, uh, like, you know, for example, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, right? Which, by the way. Good movie. Which, by the way, it was a play. I know. I saw the play also, but it was a better movie. Well, that's because they the added... Cast. Well, no. It's because they added the thing in the beginning. Yeah, that, was, that, that was that, written for... That, that Alec the Alec Baldwin thing was that, written for the movie. That was the, the shortest movie. screen appearance of anyone to ever be nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was written specifically for the... Because the, actually, the, the play started out in the restaurant when he's actually... Uh, 
when he's yeah. work, working the mark, working the pigeon. Yeah. Um, but uh, but, but that was like actually Pacino meant. Movie, but, yeah. What was that? I like Pacino in that movie. Oh yeah, he was yeah. great. In, oh, they were all great in. Yeah, anyway. um, but anyway, um, Mamet, who I've heard of. It was Mamet. Okay. Yeah. But I've heard of him. So Mamet once said, uh, this was great. Uh, he was drawing the differences between, and, and we haven't even gotten into this part, which is like liberals versus conservatives, and how does conservatism and republicanism, republicanism actually over, overlap, and how does conservatism and liberalism overlap with Democrats, too, because there's overlap in, 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 in all of that. And, and that's what makes the discussion so fruitful, because there's no real pigeonholing. You know, right. not all Republicans are conservatives and not all Democrats are liberals. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, but he said this really great thing. He goes, here's the difference between a liberal and a conservative. A conservative is walking down the street and he's got a, a candy bar and he's done with the wrapper and he throws it on the street. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the reason he does that is because he, in his mind, the conservative says, well, actually, what I'm doing is actually... Creating I'm cre- work for the garbage man? I'm creating a... Uh, and so I'm actually spurring the, the economy because I'm creating work. I'm creating a job sure. here, right? And then uh, the liberal is walking on the street with a candy bar, and he uh, undoes the wrapper, and he throws it toward the... First one. No, no. He throws it toward the garbage, but it doesn't get in. But he keeps on going. And in his mind, he said, well, you know, I gave it my best effort. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in neither case, there's still a candy bar wrapper. On there's the floor. still candy bar wrapper not did in the garbage know, can. Did you know that the reason that well, there's no way to put you find a point. Of, the reason that Chinese neighborhoods in the United States typically are disgusting is because in China, and I learned this from my ex brother-in-law who lived in China for a period of time, it's viewed as a public duty to throw garbage in the street because you're justifying the work of the trash collector. Right. Because that's a very communist mentality. Right. But here they're following the same practice without anybody actually following their own picking up the garbage. Yeah. But, you but just... so I'm saying it's not – I take exception with the idea that the conservative is doing it because he thinks he's creating garbage for the trash collector. For the most part, people are doing that because they don't give a shit whether or not they left garbage behind them. And when I was and, – and Well, the no. Best I mean example, it, was, it was a metaphor. Know, but it the was best a metaphor. Me- the best metaphor I've heard uh, was when I was 21. I was working in Ed Sherman. And I was working with a guy named Allie Abramson. Allie, if you're listening to this, return my fucking phone calls. Uh, I've been trying to get a hold of him for years. Well, just to make sure you get this out. Anyway, um, he said, I don't know where he heard it, but he said that he had at one point been told that the difference between a Republican and a Democrat is a Democrat is a Republican who's been arrested. Oh, And yeah. a Republican uh, is a Democrat who's who got been mugged. mugged. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. Yeah. And, you know, and the, those are comfortable tropes. For to 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 kind of because right. because as humans we have to categorize things you know so last year in uh, I was in Berlin and um, I was at the, the the bar show and I'm leaving I'm staying at the Be- uh, Berlin airport and who's literally standing behind me John Boehner oh John Boehner in a long time right right ex Speaker of the House right a, a Republican from Ohio what's he doing well uh, <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute and I'm thinking. This is fucking John Boehner standing behind me. And, and my brain is just starting to go off, you know, in, in sizzle land here. <laughs> and, you know, and I, at every, you know, and we're standing there for 15, 20, 30 minutes now. And, and a 
a thousand times I wanted to turn around and just go, and you, motherfucker, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this and that, and look, you know, all this shit you did, you know, you bitch in the ass, and now look who you got. And but then I realized, then I took a look at him, and and I real I looked at him really close. He's so defeated. No, no, it's not that at all. Oh no, my God. His there was not a hair out of place. His jeans were pressed. He had a blue button-down chambric shirt with you know buttons down. He and should the be collar. jailed for the pressed jeans. And, and wait a minute, and hold on, wait, it gets even better. He had the sweater wrapped around his shoulders and tied, you know, in a half knot around. So and like I realized Sears catalog shit. No, no, it was worse. I said, oh my god. This guy is that Connecticut Republican who says plastics to Benjamin in Mrs. Robinson, mm -hmm. right, in, in The Graduate. Sure. This guy is from a time period that no matter what it is that I say to him, it's never going to get through. And to me, that was, the, that was the epitome of republicanism. He was standing there as the guy who stood and screamed against Obamacare and, you know, and said, hell no, hell no, hell no, hell no, many, many times uh, in, in his uh, uh, diatribe uh, in the House. And, and, and when I looked at him, I said, there's nothing ever that's going to change this guy no. at all. N nor would I want to. But that thing that he looks like that he represents, the Connecticut Republican from... 90% of the party hates that. Well... They hate that now. Well, 90% of the party is all Trump. That's why you got to start see, another fucking that's, party, that's man. That's the weird thing. Yeah, tell me about they're that. We got, we got a couple minutes. They're tell, accepting they, Trump as their leader, despite the fact that he so obviously despises them. Yeah, why is that? Because it's easier to drink the Kool-Aid. It's easier to resent. When someone actually tickles your resentment, it's no, no, easier no, 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 to do no, no, that. No, it's easier to drink the Kool-Aid than it is to have to come up with something to do for yourself. If somebody tells you, I don't care whether you're on the right or well, on that the is left. True. If somebody tells that you that guy caused your problems, yeah, it's, humans yeah, we'll do. will line up. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. And, on, on either side. And the, the Republican primary that gave Donald Trump the nomination was possibly the worst thing that ever happened in the history of American politics because you had a bunch of people who were so worried about getting nomination. None of them just looked at him and said, you're a fucking liar. How stupid do you think people are that they would believe this kind of bullshit? But instead, they let him win, and everybody just assumed it was true. Yeah. And it's only yeah. getting yeah. worse. It's only getting worse. But here's the thing, and here's my point going back to Reagan, is Reagan did the exact same thing, only back then it was hidden in the really, really shrouded dog whistles. Now with Donald Trump, all the dog whistles were gone. Yeah. It was the exact... Because, Dan... Be honest. Be honest. That shit just doesn't pop up with one guy. No. That's been around for a long it's time. It's been around since been the around dawn of time. time. But the, the problem, the difference, and you keep comparing Trump to Reagan, and I think it's a dangerous thing to compare the I two. I don't think it's dangerous because, at all. No, no. Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Because yeah. I, I despise probably, them both. Ronald so, Reagan yeah. did a lot of things that pe that a person of a liberal bent could certainly see as negative. He did things that I see as negative. Yeah. But the one thing Ronald Reagan, I think, genuinely had fundamentally different from Donald Trump was Ronald Reagan really thought he was doing the best thing for America. He really thought he was serving I 100% agree. And Donald I, I, Trump I couldn't agree. possibly care less for anyone other than Donald Trump. That is true. Ronald Reagan yeah. may have been wrong, yeah. but he was 
fiercely pro-America. I, he I was agree. wrong about a lot of shit, yeah. but he his heart was in the right place. Yeah. Donald Trump doesn't have one. Right. No, no, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're and absolutely correct. And that's why I, that's but, the danger in conflating the two. I'm not conflating. I'm actually drawing a line. I'm not conflating. I'm not yeah, saying that but... Donald Trump and, and Ronald Reagan are the same person. I'm saying that Ronald Reagan actually exploded something that Donald Trump was the inevitable result of. Donald Trump is... He was the inevitable... And so Donald was Trump Newt Gingrich and all of those guys. Donald Trump is the fault of Barack Obama, but that's another conversation. Oh, dude, please. That's another oh my conversation. God. You see, you ended the fucking hour on me. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you! All right. Okay. That means that means that means Dan. And don't pound on that goddamn table again. All right. All right. That means Dan Ekman has to come back here for another round two of Republicanism. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen. This was uh, this was whiskey, and I hope you enjoyed this. This was definitely, um, literally, one of the, the liveliest one we've had so far, <laughs> and that's what I'm hoping it is. This literally was the two guys drinking at the end of the fucking bar here. Um, hey, listen, thanks for uh, joining us. This is Robin Robinson. Uh, my uh, my guest today was Dan Ekman, whiskey Ronin. Yeah, and great. when the next time you come, you're gonna actually get to find that for everybody. All right. And um, in the meantime, thanks for joining us, and uh, stay tuned for uh, the next episode. I have no idea what that is, <laughs> but here is a little bit of going away music for you to listen to. Don't deny yourself.